This morning's scripture is from the chapter of Matthew, the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observe his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise man and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God.
I'm hearing an interesting theme here, and I think that, that for me, I, I think about the statement, actions express priorities. And I hope that when I say something, I follow through. That's my goal for uh, 2022, is to, to follow through, because people look and we say things to do things. That's it. Thanks. Out in the courtyard, we have two gardens, a color garden and a vegetable garden. The vegetable garden is a donation garden and everything we produce goes to the Houston area women's shelter, not far from here. There are many times that I've heard people refer to that vegetable garden as Susan's garden. I am Susan. But actually there are many of us who are part, help to keep that garden going. There are two basic kinds of, of activities that keep the garden going. One is to sign up for, uh, to be the gardener for the week. And um, we have a number of people who do that. Um, every, at the beginning of every growing season, I send out a calendar and I send out um, an email to those people who have said they wanted to be part of that activity of being a gardener for the week. And uh, people sign, then people sign up on the, on the link for which, whichever week they want. That's one kind of thing. Um, then at the beginning of the, uh, one kind of activity, but at the beginning of the, the week, which starts every, uh, with a Sunday, I go and I I prowl around the garden and make a list in my little notebook of what needs to be done for that week, and then I send that list to whoever is the garden gardener for the week. Um, that activity, the activity that I do on a weekly basis, is is the glue that keeps the garden running. But 
it's uh, the, the work that keeps the, the actual weekly work that keeps the garden running um, is dispersed. So a lot of us are part of that. And if you sign up to be a gardener for the week, um, I then then whoever is doing the glue right now up to this point, it's been me. Um, makes it easy for you. You don't have to think about it. You just receive your email and you pick your day of the week and you go down. You don't have to be here every week or every day of the week, but one or once or twice during the week you do that, and then you take whatever you harvest into the, the shelter. Um, and they're always happy to get whatever we send. Um, now, I have been called to the diaconate for this next year and possibly three years. And I am I accepted this with the idea that it would give me a kick in the pants to broaden those who participate in the gluing of the garden. So I am going to be sending out um, perhaps an article in the newsletter, or, and for sure to those who have been doing being gardener for the week, um, to invite people to be part of a small group that shares the gluing. And so if you uh, feel like this is something that you would like to do, um, um, I, I encourage you. Um, I figure being a deacon is going to take more time, and so I need to share this out. And not only that, but Urban Harvest, the organization that, is, uh, that teaches people how to garden in Houston, um, in their own homes, uh, it, it recommends that you have a team doing this. And I have been the team, but now I want to broaden that. So if you, if you feel like you want to talk to me about it, please do. Um, and uh, if you feel called when you see my little article in the newsletter or my little letter to the, to the gardeners, um, please step up. I will, be, I will welcome, welcome you with open arms. So the other day I heard a quote, you know, you hear quotes and sayings and, you know, you're like, oh, that's interesting. And every now and then you hear, I hear one and it just, it just, it hits me. And, and the one that I heard yesterday is that attention is the purest and kindest form of generosity. And it just struck me like such a small thing, kindest and purest. And then I started to reflect on, on when I pay attention and um, for most people, the opposite of talking is listening. But sometimes for me, the opposite of talking is waiting to talk, which is, you know, not a spiritual principle. And, um, and sometimes when I'm paying attention, people say I'm a good listener. What I'm doing in my head is trying to solve their problem or to make some sort of judgment or if only they would see this. And so what I'm reflecting on when I'm participating in the kindest and purest form of generosity is to disabuse myself of all the judgment and all the guidance and just let someone talk and just listen. And, and for me, my brain is split, split in, in half. One half of my brain makes up stories and the other half believes them. And so in that isolation, um, I start to believe some really fanciful things until I talk to somebody 
There's something about, about getting those words out, like a cartoon, you know, when they have a little bubble with it, and all of a sudden I say it and I read it and I'm like, ooh, that is not true. And so what I am gonna to try to do this year, you know, in my, in my service work is to, is to just let people talk and come to their own conclusions rather than being like the, the problem fixer or the guide or whatever I think I am. So, so that's what I'm gonna to try to do is to try to, try to pay attention with, with, with that kindness and that generosity with you. Uh, we are out of Advent and heading toward Epiphany. And what I want to awaken me is the sense, is the new sense of what Advent means and what Epiphany means. That it's not, Advent is not the introduction of something new and unusual um, that I didn't know, but the unveiling of things that I have known all the time, but have not been willing to address or see, um, and with epiphany, um, as somebody said, the problem with epiphanies are their surprises, uh, which they are. But the surprise is not that it comes out of nowhere, but that it represents an unveiling of things I have known and not been willing to address or have just skipped over. Um, so, what I'd like to awaken in me is, is the unveiling of what is there and is known uh, and addressing that. And, and I think my word for the year is surrender. To surrender my will to, uh, to, to recognize or try to hold off and not recognize the things that are there.